take 43. Mark? Hey everyone, welcome to the episode 7 of the Take 43 podcast. My name is Drew Williams. And I'm Aaron Colborn. And what happened to the first 42 takes, Aaron? So, the first 42 takes, I was trying to figure out how to do a podcast with an international guest. So, like, with WhatsApp and our recording and phone calls and stuff like that and headphones going into where and who can hear what. But it's like, so like, what time is it in Ireland? Like, 2, 2 a.m.? No, dude, I, I think they use the metric system. <laughs> Oh, so it's yesterday. <laughs> it's yesterday over there for sure. Uh, let's ask the man himself, yeah, shall we? Let's see. What time is it, Dylan? <laughs> so we have Dylan Osborne on the podcast today. I met Dylan at the Power Video Conference last fall, and we instantly hit it off. Best friends. Best friends. He's I'm not a, jealous. <laughs> you should be. Uh, he's a YouTube creator, graphic designer, and an awesome photographer. He's the host of the Over and Out podcast, which is a daily podcast that he does with our friend Ryan, who is based out of London. And I think we should give Dylan a call now. Yeah, let's, uh, let's see what he's up to. All right, let's buzz Dylan do in you, here. Do you know his phone number? I just got it. <laughs> I just got his WhatsApp number. That is. Oh, what's that? All right. Hello, Dylan Osborne. What's up, buddy? This is a tip. This is typical. Give us a second. There you go. Bluetooth headphones. They're amazing <laughs> until you try to record a podcast, then they disconnect. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good man. How you doing? I'm really well, thanks. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, being on the podcast today. Sorry about the time change difference. It's very clear that um, the time tracker I used last week to set this up did not work accurately. It could have been our uh, British um, summertime change because it literally changed last oh. last weekend, not this weekend past, the one before that. So it did because yeah. I think we had the same problem last, last week. <laughs> we were like, we changed by an hour again. So it could have been that. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and blame it on that. Go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool how we take something that's as, as complicated as time, and then like humans just make it more complicated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's hard enough to be on time, right? Then let's change it every six months. Right. Yeah, just you know, just for just for fun, just to mess with people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool, buddy. Well, uh, I gave you a little bit of an intro, but we have a little bit of questions for you. But Aaron, meet Dylan. Uh, you guys actually have it connected before. But yeah, man, uh, this is cool. I've uh, I've tuned into a couple of, like your Instagram lives. I've checked out your YouTube page and stuff like that. Oh, cool, man. No, nice. you and Drew have, uh, have have gotten to know each other a bit, and so like, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to meet you and talk to you and get to know you. Like, I don't know much about you, so this is all going to be uh, a big fun learning experience ah, cool. for me. <laughs> well, there's only thing I like doing <laughs> is talking. So uh, yeah, it's nice. Oh, right on, well. perfect. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm pretty stoked that you're uh, you're going to be on. You know, I, I lived over um, uh, not in Ireland, but I lived in England for for about five years. Okay. So just kind of that part of the world is like like it's pretty pretty near and dear to my heart. And so I think it's really cool that we're able to have you uh, come on our podcast where we're all the way over here and you're all the way over there. That's nice, man. Whereabouts in England did you live? Um, I lived about it's about half an hour northeast of Cambridge. Oh, so okay. um, it's back when I was in the military and I was uh, I was. Uh, in a base out in the middle of the the country. Oh wow! So, okay. um, but yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Uh, I had a great time when I was over there, and you know, just I love it. Nice man, cool. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, um, Dylan. Since since I don't know you very well, I want to know kind of what. And this is the thing I, I ask most of our guests: like, what is it that made you want to become a creator of things? You know, like moving images, still images, everything. Was there something in particular that inspired you? Uh, was it, you know, some kind of media or was it like a life event or, you know what I mean? Um, I think it's probably always been the enjoyment of telling stories. And I know that's super cliche now, like and everyone says the importance of story. But like we see, we see from when I was a, a young kid, I used to take these little bits of paper and fold them into tiny books and draw and write little stories in them. And I didn't realize how many I did until my mom showed me. She's got loads of them. And I used to draw these little books and write these little stories and stuff like that. And my dad was a graphic designer. So I kind of grew up from a very young age understanding the like the Adobe suite back in like PageMaker days and freehand and, and like early editions oh, wow. of Photoshop. Wow. So like and like from like nine or ten or something like that. So he had me working on these things really, really early on. And he showed me how to take those things I was drawing and turn them into these things and, and do it digitally, I guess. So I, that was always just there in the back of my head. And I did that thing that any kid does. You know, someone's like, what do you want to be when you get older? And you just answer the default answer that whatever your dad does, I'll just do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right, sure. Graphic designer, he's, he's doing it. Seems to be working. I'll go with that. 
<laughs> I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones. <laughs> really? Oh, man. That's a pretty For about four years, I told fun, people though. I was going to be an archaeologist, right? Yeah. Until I found out that's not what archaeologists actually do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Aaron, yeah. Aaron was raised on Indiana Jones. His dad wasn't around so much, but Indiana Jones was always there. <laughs> he was off hunting for uh, valuable uh, items. Exactly. <laughs> running away from stuff, large yeah. balls. Yeah, when most of us. <laughs> I was about to say most would just spend dusting off bones, but yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, it it depends who who you're asking, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit, Dylan. That's first off, that's really cool. It's cool that you you started so early when, especially when you name dropped Adobe Pages. <laughs> like, I know right? that, yeah. that shows how early you actually got into the industry. So how did you kind of? mold from that and get into the industry did you just start creating or did you uh have a lucky job or um i i used to just make things all the time as i grew up and then i see i'm from uh, cape town south africa initially uh so that's kind of where i that's where i grew up i was about 16 17 when i moved to the united kingdom um so when we moved here our schooling system was so messed up it was just very very different so when we landed here i didn't really fit into the school system so i went to a thing here that they have called tech college which is in between school, it's for people that leave school early but aren't ready for university. So I went in there, did a few uh, uh, qualifications to get me up to scratch and just I had a choice. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I was 17 years old. I was like, I don't know. I just want to carry on. Ride. I rode BMX bikes at this point. So I was like, I just want to ride my BMX to be really honest. I'll be famous at that. Right. Um, so <laughs> right. <laughs> never happened. But I was like, um, yeah, I was going to be a big skateboarder too. Yeah. So I get it. Isn't that like, that's not like such a generic dream for so many guys. I know just like, oh, I'll just, right. I'll go down the pro BMX route. That seems totally legit. Yeah. Snowboarding only worked out for so long, by the way. So <laughs> I know well, I have a few friends actually who, who are involved in the snowboard scene and like they did it for a few years, like full on. And now it's just, now they're like, actually one of them works in, in Tahoe Woodward. And he's like one of the managers there. So oh, he sure. like runs the like the the summer camps and skateboards and stuff like that. So there's amazing how many other opportunities come from that. But I, I did that sort of stuff really early and, and BMX was what allowed me I worked out quite early on. I wasn't very good at riding a BMX. Um so I worked out if I took photos, that was that would be a cool way of being able to bring something to the table. And there weren't there weren't a lot of people doing it back then. So I started taking photos and I was out with just rolls of film and just rolling them up, taking oh, photographs, wow. taking them to get developed. And then slowly I learned to develop them in a dark room myself. Um, develop film and oh, wow. photos. So you, did, you just like learned how to do that on your own? Yeah, I, I signed up for it was probably one of the first conscious decisions I made. I was like, I'll sign up for like a basic like art photography class just so I can learn. And I wasn't interested in anything they were teaching. They were like Oh, go out and use the rule of thirds and learn about textures. I was like, I just want to use the dark room, to be honest. Can right, we just, and right. like so much uh, education in the UK is free. So you get, you know, you get access to all that stuff for like little to no money sometimes. So you just have to pay for That's like amazing. upkeep. So I did that for, for a while, like for, for years, that was what I did. That's what I brought to the table. And that's kind of what I got known for here was BMX photography and and then BMX video a bit later on. And I had a couple of photos published in like Ride and Big BMX Mag and stuff like that over the years. But um, my interest cool. in cycling oh, cool. was the key. That was what it was. So, you know, it was early on BMX, and then I joined a like a bike store here called Chain Reaction Cycles. Um, and they're like they're huge globally. They weren't at that time, but I joined them really early on when there was three or four people in the creative team, and they were doing basic print ads in local magazines and I worked there for about oh, wow. 10 years so that was it was starting there just being into cycling knowing some people that were into cycling and they were like you know you, there's a job going for a junior designer and I just sort of was like yeah I'll go with that so I kind of got my foot <laughs> oh, in there yeah. and that's what it started you know I, I never really thought about it I guess I never really thought too much about what I wanted to do I just did what I enjoyed doing at that particular time and I joined there thinking I'll do this and see how it goes for a year and I was a junior and then like 10 years later, I was the head of creative for like the whole company. And they were like um, the largest online bike store, bicycle store in the world. Like they're huge. So that's wow. kind of where it all, that's kind of what it what kicked it all off, I guess. You had listened to, I think the first episode of, of this podcast and you messaged me on Instagram and you said, hey, I didn't know you work at 
you worked at Backcountry. Yeah. Uh, we used to use those videos as examples. And was that the location that you used to look at the video examples? Yeah, at? that was it. Yeah, we were always using. We had like a it was like three or four websites we were always sort of using. It was like these guys are doing it right. And Backcountry was always in that list. Every time we sat down with uh, one of the directors, he was like, "Look how good Backcountry are doing this." And we were like, "All right, everyone's taking that's notes." That's awesome. Yeah, we're like, "Let's that's sick. let's try copy that." So we took a lot of influence from what they were doing, um, and I took a lot of influence from early days of Patagonia and that brand and how they just yeah. built that. I mean, if you've ever read that book, let my people um, surf for the Patagonia story. It's just unbelievable. So we did a lot of that. Yeah. And just like, sometimes it's just blatant ripping things off, but in other days it was just inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I think there's only so many ideas out there for, like, there's so many story ideas. I, I think it's how you create it and put it into your own words and things that, that make a good story. You yeah. Know? Everything's kind of a, like I, I call it a, everything's just a remix culture anymore. So you yeah. kind of take bits and pieces of things you like, kind of remix them into your own thing. And, you know, and like, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So like, I feel like that's pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that i don't think I mean, there's a lot of people thinking you're always thinking you're doing something original and then you realize oh no, right. i've just literally done what that person's done and yeah. i think i think things like <laughs> youtube and instagram have really highlighted that i think i find not about yeah. you guys but as a creator i struggle with consumption because i feel like do you know that saying uh, comparison kills creativity like i find like instagram and youtube they inspire me and simul- and simultaneously demotivate me at exactly like at the same time yeah, totally. Because there's, there's always, it doesn't matter how good you are, there's always going to be someone out there that you feel like is like better than you. Yeah. And I know like I'll watch the other people's short films and stuff like that and be like, man, you know, why am I why am I trying? Like these guys are better <laughs> yeah. at it than I am. And then, but then once that wears off a little bit, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to try and make something better than them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It takes yeah. a while for that to wear off though. You know, it, it takes, does. It, yeah. does. It, it can be a demotivator for sure with just the amount of stuff that's out there. And, and you know, as creators ourselves, all three of us, we are following some of the best creators out there to be inspired, but that is where that highest level of demotivation is coming from as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're totally right, dude. Um, I'd been wanting to do this video. I was supposed to be coming over to Canada actually at the end of this month. And I was meeting up with a, with a bunch of friends out there. And I've kind of got to know, just because, I, I mean, I know you through through the Power Video event because I, I work with the guys here in Power Video. I've got to know a bunch of real cool people from all over. And one of the people was, was you know, Peter McKinnon. I wanted to sit and do a video about him all about raising the bar because I felt like he was a good example where they're, they've lifted, that whole group of them have lifted the bar so damn high <laughs> that it's like, Sometimes right. you're like, uh, if I if this doesn't look like that from the get go, is there any point? <laughs> and I sit there all the time struggling with that. And it took me like two years trying to do YouTube before I I got to a happy place mentally, where I was able to go that none of that matters. I know what I want to do, and then I was able to sort of structure it. But it was a lot of that comparison was really I found that really really hard. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of cornball, but there certainly is an element to like kind of believing in yourself a bit um, because you have to get to that point before you can start to do the stuff that you, you know, that you're really capable of yeah. when you stop trying to imitate someone else and kind of come into your own. Yeah. It's a, it is definitely a tricky one to get right. I, my YouTube now, I, I made the commitment. So I suppose one of the big turning points for me was Instagram stories whenever they came out. So I was a very early adopter of Instagram stories. And as they came out, I sort of sat there watching what people were doing. And I was like, okay, man, people are just like putting up photos of their food and they're like filming like <laughs> random clips every now and then. And I give it like a good three or four months just watching what people were doing, trying to work out what the point of all this was. And at that time, I was, uh, as so many other people I know, was just well into what Casey Neistat was doing. Um, and I loved, I'd been watching him since before he daily vlogged. And then when he daily vlogged, I had this like eureka moment, you know, where I was like, I looked at it and I looked at my wife and I was like, this style of like vlog style suits me because I'm slapdash. I work fast. I work well by myself and I can talk. So th- this suits me really, really well. But I was like, I was working full time in an ad agency and I was like, I couldn't commit the time to do a daily, to do a daily vlog. How would I, how would I do this? So I sat for months and then I, after watching people just like create some diabolical content on Instagram stories, I turned to my wife and said to her, what if I took what Casey does on a daily vlog on YouTube, drop the production value, like the amount of what he goes into, and just did that on Instagram stories vertically. And she was like, yeah, that would be quite interesting. So I started doing it there. 
And that made such a huge difference. That was back when you could only record into the app natively. You couldn't use anything else. And everyone was just doing that typical record into, into app stuff. And I started finding cool ways to break up stories and tell bits and, and segment it into like four or five stories. And I used to like just drop loads. And you know when you see that like dotted line at the top of your Instagram stories and you just think, I hate yeah, this yeah. person. That was me really early on. <laughs> just too much though. <laughs> well, well, but yours are, yours are so interesting now too. I love, actually, I love your stories and you'll That's have, fun. you know, five to 10 cuts within those 15 seconds. So every time you see that 15 second bar up there, you still might be getting 10 different clips. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really cool and a really unique way to do it. I actually really enjoy watching your dailies, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, they're, they're good and they, they make a huge difference. I'll tell you what, what they've done. They've taught me a lot as a video creator. Um, they've really, I've learned so much more doing daily stories on Instagram than I have working with any of my like high level gear or proper client work. Like I learned so much more because what, it, and it's not necessarily for everyone, but for me, I'm a very practical, functional human being. So I like, I don't, I don't, I'm not the sort of person that uses presets and themes and LUTs and stuff like that. I, I like to create as much stuff as I can before it goes into pre uh, post-production. So the idea of Instagram stories always worked for me. And what was really, really cool was the fact that you could do nothing on Instagram at the beginning. So what I used to do, and this sounds mad when you think about it, I used to use the iMovie app. So I would film individual clips and I would edit on the phone in iMovie, the original, one of the original iMovies on like an iPhone 5. And I would edit them, but they only gave you the option for a horizontal video like you couldn't create a composition for vertical so i would edit vertical right. footage in a horizontal composition but i worked out that if you import a clip you could double tap it and if you double tapped it it just filled the screen perfectly so i used to edit with all my oh, footage yeah. in the middle double tap my stories and import them in but i had to manually cut every video down so i, I did it like a minute and i would manually export 15 seconds and i would trim the whole edit so i'd be like i'd film the clips import them into into it's a iMovie, edit them out, export the one minute video out, import the one minute video back into iMovie, crop it to 15 seconds, export, then move the crop, export, move the crop until I had four videos and they would still be like, the quality would just be like, it would be totally ruined because you're zooming into it. <laughs> right, because you're zooming in on the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but like, it worked, man. And what pe people are like, how the hell are you doing this? And I was doing stuff like, I would do like a 15 second story and every, I would do, I would say the same sentence 15 times as I walked from one place to another. And then I just line it all up and cut a second from each bit. So I told the story, but oh, every wow. second, the whole scene changed, but I didn't move. When, you know, when you think about what I was doing, I was walking for like 15 minutes with my arm out without putting it down <laughs> and just saying the same thing, like some sort of maniac. <laughs> <laughs> over and over i think but i think there's something to say though man about that uh you know done is better than perfect mentality yeah, and yeah. the level of work that you can get done and the level of creativity and things that you can throw out there you know because i'm i'm used to such a more of like a polished look and we kind of went over that in the live video the other day that we did together on instagram but yeah. i th i have such a high level of respect for that you know done is better than perfect attitude and it's obviously showing with you know your followers and and your engagement and you know the feedback that you've been getting i think it's really working out for you yeah um so i dylan i'd be curious i kind of want to back up just a little bit so i'm, I'm kind of curious what so you said you started working in this, this ad agency but would you consider that kind of like your first, you know, gig as as a content creator, or did you have any big gigs before that were kind of like you felt like, okay, this is it, I'm I'm like really doing it now? Um, well, I so I w I started at the bike shop first as a junior designer and then worked my way up, and then after ten years of working there, I was I was like acting, I say acting creative director. I was the head of the creative department. It was probably about twenty people in that department, and we were putting out like something like. 60 magazine adverts a month worldwide in different languages, oh, wow. different types of style, like triathlon, road cycling, mountain bike, BMX. And we were also putting out about 400 web banners every week. So I had to sit up and come up with new concepts, write copy, come up with ideas. How could we photograph it? We were, we were really creating everything ourselves and it felt like a real burden at the time. But what I learned was the ability to create anything and everything with absolutely no budget or time. And it was, it was a lesson that I didn't realize that was that important until 10 years later, I, at the end of that, I asked, I had a question, I turned around, I realized, shit, I'm the most, 
like senior person here, I can't, and I need to ask someone for help and I can't answer it. That was the moment where I realized I needed to move from there somewhere else. So I moved to an ad agency in Belfast city center. And that's when I realized how important those skills were because I landed oh, in there you. and I was like, oh my God, they have money to spend. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, right. if I can do this. Scrappy yeah, and, yeah. I, yeah, I was like, if I can do this with no money, what can we do with money? So that was a right. real quick learning curve. And, but I kind of shot myself in a foot where I was able to save the company a lot of money by doing stuff without requiring to uh. use a lot of budget. And that was, it kind of, it was great and it, it was really good. And I, and I did really well in the agency. But it was that time in the agency where I started doing these Instagram stories. Um, and at okay. that point, so that was, it was probably about 12 or 13 years work in brand and agency side. And I was just tinkering, doing my own stuff. And content creator wasn't a thing. I mean, I mean, it, right. it didn't really make sense. I didn't really know what that was. I was making these Instagram stories because I enjoyed them and my, my wife found them quite funny. Um, and then slowly they started <laughs> just like picking up a bit of traction and people start watching them and commenting. And then I was like, oh, there's quite a few people. This is quite happening quite a bit. And then a brand one day just asked me, like a, sh- like a, re- a shop or something in, in Belfast was like, I, uh, I see you're um, doing this content. Do you think you could do this for us? And I was like, no, no, I, there's no way I work in an ad agency. There's no way I could do that. Yeah. Um, so uh, give me two seconds. There's a very small child in my room. What's happening? <laughs> custard you can have that do you know him does that need to, does that need to be dealt with i hope it's your child yeah yeah, yeah it's my own child yeah that just it's not an open okay. door pass okay, okay, two okay. meter two meters away uh we can deal with the custard situation i'm just in the middle of something your mom's downstairs the custard situation mental custard and peach slices she's just out there with two cans of custard and some peaches can i eat this <laughs> don't care can you operate a can opener if not you're not eating it um <laughs> exactly so that was like yeah that thing didn't exist so this company asked me to do it and i was like ah oh, sorry i'd love to but like i work full-time and then i kept getting more of these and more of these and then people were like can you i what i hated right was that influencer thing and i still don't like it now that idea of like if we send you some stuff can you just like review it on oh, your channel yeah. i don't do that now it's very rare if i do that there's a very particular reason um i'll work with companies if who I like and if, if I'm prepared to do it myself without them prompting and I've had companies send me stuff and I just send it back or like they'll be like can we send you a thing and I'm like yeah and then they they follow up asking for content I'm like it's not how it works I don't do that so I kind of found this right, way right. where when people were like we'd love it if you did this on your stories I would come back and go no I don't do that on my stories but if you would like to hire me to create commercial work for you I will quite happily talk about the commercial work I'm doing for you and your product free of charge on my Instagram, but you have to pay me properly to do commercial work. So I started pushing this, this concept out and and it worked and people started hiring me because like you you could get totally screwed. But what does it mean to just like say, Hey, this is this product. So I started taking products and then creating content, photos or videos or little web ads and stuff for them. And then I would talk about what I was doing. So I'd be like, I'm working with this brand to photograph this drink or this piece of clothing. And this is how I'm taking the photo. This is why I'm doing it. And that meant that they kind of got free advertising, but I was getting paid properly as a creative in amongst, yeah, in the spare time I had from my, from my job. And that was the first time where I started to realize the influence you can have online. And, and I didn't realize that actually what I was doing was creating this little niche for like being knowledgeable, I guess, about creation. And I don't want to say photo or video, I just mean like general creation. Um, but that right. was probably the first time where the concept of content creator made sense. Right. Yeah. And I think you were smart for doing that. I mean, free work, it just, it just doesn't work that way anymore. And especially, you know, you've put in so many years with clients and um, at your ad agency, you know how these things work. So I hate when brands, you know, come up to your DMs, I should say. They slide slide into your DMs (laughs) and they say, hey, we have this new product. Uh, Will you make a video for us? And and then, you know, my follow up question is normally, what's your budget? Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, it's not when do you need it by. So I think you nailed it on the head with, 
you know, knowing your worth. And I think that's extremely important in this industry. I think that's something that not a lot of people might know or they, they, they kind of jump at the chance to do some work without yeah, thinking about what their work is worth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's I think it's awesome that you've kind of set that standard for yourself already and then people can learn from that from you. Yeah. So, you know, you say that brands have kind of came at you and done stuff like that, but what are some of, you know, the, your favorite brands that you've worked with in the past or are currently working with? Uh, it's a real funny one because when I say brands, I guess I'm talking, I suppose it's more business. I don't really work on like a collaborative content creator brand thing. I'm only a couple of them. So up until maybe two years ago, it was really just businesses asking me to create work. And it started with like maybe a, a drinks company would ask me to, to just feature something on my page. And I was like, I'd rather shoot official photos for you. So I did a few beer companies right. and stuff over here and, and a few coffee shops and things like that. And that worked. Now, the first time I actually started working probably with a brand was a brand called Lemuro, who are a German-based like phone lens manufacturer. And oh, cool. I basically, I'd, I'd, I'd use some other, other brands are available and I'd use other brands and had some issues with them. Um, so, and I was, I was using like mobile lens clips, like before these big brands were out making these things. So like early days, Instagram stories, I was down at like cheap shops buying these little clip on fisheye lenses because I was, when I used to film BMX stuff years ago, I, I had a, like a VHF, like a digital eight camcorder or high eight camcorder. And I bought like a screw on fisheye for a SLR camera. Oh yeah. I used to just duct tape it onto the front of the video camera. <laughs> so, you know, Talk about yeah. scrappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that basically sums me up to be honest. So that's how, so I was used to that. So I started using these little lenses, man. I was buying them all the time and I kept finding better ones. And people kept being like, how are you getting this wide look on your photos and videos and your phone and why? And then I started using, I started investing. And so I invest in a real good one and, I wasn't happy with the product and it broke and then the guys just didn't want to hook me up with anything extra. They were just a bit naff. Having broken it in a month or something like that, I was a bit disappointed. So I tried this brand, Lemura, and I did what so many people don't do. And everyone's very, I feel like a lot of people are very, feel very entitled. Like they should be given stuff and I've never been like that. So I bought my first case and my first lens from Lemura and I did this video about it. And I, sh- I did a really, I, I basically took it like I would a, a client job and I took really cool photos and videos of it, made a real nice detailed video about it and stuck it up and tagged them in it and they liked it and there was nothing to that. And then I broke it. So then I did a video about how I broke it and I sent it to them and then they reached out and said, sorry about that. Really interested in what you had to say. If We'd love to send you a full replacement free of charge. So they did. Oh, cool. And then I broke that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm very heavy handed. Um, so then he asked me for feedback and we started talking and they were like, look, tell you what, we love, thank you. All the feedback you've given us is just, it's gold. So we really appreciate that. We'd love to hook you up and just continue to send you products when you need them. So they started just giving me lenses and cases um, and some I was able to give away in workshops and I've gone through it. I haven't actually gone through that. I mean, the first couple were, once I learned how not to destroy them, and just be a little bit better with them. But like legitimately, I broke one once and I had to email the guy, Eric, who owns it and say to him, I broke another case. And he was like, what did you do this time? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was trying to counterweight the phone on top of a door with a banana, but the banana wasn't heavy enough. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, sorry, dude, that was a small banana. I didn't think it would fall. <laughs> so like it legit well, you just- kind of had... You, you kind of had this opposite effect, like what you were just saying with influencing and brands where they come at you and you're like, no, but this was a genuine connection and this was a product that you actually believed in yeah. and that you were using. So you started the hard way by buying it, but it kind of, you know, it eventually paid off and you wanted to create something for them just because, you know, you love the product. And then it kind of turned into this R&D yeah. uh, sort of thing. It's was what it's sounding like. Yeah, it's exactly it. And now I've got a good relationship with him. I talk to him regularly. Um, you know, we chat a lot and they send me stuff and I like, and I review their things and I talk about it and it's legit. And it's like, I would buy the stuff anyway. Um, and I'm very honest when I have issues with stuff. So I, and that's another thing is like, I try to be as honest as I can on, on my Instagram with that. But that was probably the first brand that I was like, that was the first proper deal I had with it. And then most recently, the one that just blew me away was, um, I've started working with Sennheiser now. So that was pretty, oh, that cool. was pretty cool. And that was basically last year I got chatting to a few of the guys at this uh, event we uh, helped organize. 
and um, the power of video here in Belfast and got chatting to the guys. And they, I was just I was just doing some stuff, filming some videos and bits. And then they had a mic and they were like, do you want to have a play with this? So I did a video about it, but I talked about it. We made a bit of a joke about some of the stuff. And I, I just put this bit of content out and didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't miraculous. It was just it was just good and it was honest. I think it was a bit different. And then a few, like six months later, they reached out and were like, look, you know, we really like what you're doing. We've been following your stuff. We just like my, your integrity, I guess, something along the lines of that. And then we want to give you some mics. So I was like, brilliant. Because like literally up until now, I have a lapel mic that my brother gave me once, like five years ago. And I duct tape it to stuff. And then I have like this real <laughs> like destroyed like video micro from Go from Rode. And it's like, again, all the whole brackets duct taped up. I never really thought much about audio. Um, I never really gave it any any sort of time. And I knew I should have, but I just, I was like, I'm not ready for this right now. So when, when they hooked me up, I was thinking like they were going to give me a replacement mic. And then this box arrived in my house with like five mics, everything from like a podcast Whoa. studio to like MKE 600, like shotgun condenser mics and lav mics and new lapel. So a whole system. And I have just been, since the minute they uh, said it was going to be lockdown in the UK, I was like, yes time to play with the microphones yeah that's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah right that's, that's an awesome. amazing kit man so, that's like that's a that's a great yeah sennheiser's a no joke yeah like, no, totally, not yeah, at all good stuff and that was the first time well, where i, I thought def- like oh wow okay that's a like they're a big deal and they're, they're they they yeah. want to work with me on some stuff so that's been really really cool well i definitely think there's something to be said for you know like you said you've kind of tried to approach it in an honest way and i mean if if there's any complaint that anybody has about the internet it's hard to find authenticity on there, authenticity in people and yeah. products and everything. So you approaching things in an authentic way, you can see why that might attract a brand to you saying like this person has a reputation for being, you know, real with people yeah. or being authentic, you know? And so that, that makes a lot of sense for yeah. sure. Yeah, it does. It does. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, your YouTube channel mm-hmm. and, and your strategy with that, and, and as well as your your podcast, um, because you do that daily, right? Yeah, yeah. I was sitting here with a like smile a on my face, but I guess no one ever asks me about my YouTube channel. Uh, it's kind of like an enigma, that thing. I don't know what's, don't know what's happening <laughs> with it. So yeah, it's... um Okay, so where, where are we at? We've got... To, so I have my own YouTube channel that I've had for ages and just tinkered with and got lost and never really had any direction. And one knew I wanted to do something, but it was that whole like comparison kills creativity. I just compared myself and tried to work out where I fitted in with the world of, of content creators and the people that inspire and I admire. So I got stuck for ages. And it was at the beginning of this year. I was like, I know what I want to do. It took me it took me um like a good few months of of struggling and i suppose the instagram stories were daily for for three years every single day I filmed and edited instagram story for three years um and then i finally broke that and missed the day and then everyone messaged me like everything okay <laughs> are you dead and i was like no, no sorry guys I'm just, alive? I, I'm just taking a day and they're like oh jesus okay what are we gonna watch on instagram so that kind of got it that was the first time I, I needed to step away and actually needed that break and I, I stopped uploading to like I was trying to upload YouTube and then the beginning of this year I was like this is what I need to do and the, the point of my so my whole strategy on YouTube for me is about stories it's it's about taking everything I love about Instagram and just retranslating that for YouTube so I'm not into epic cinematic 120 b-roll you know that's not me I'm not I'm not gonna put something out that's that pristine but what I what I like doing is telling stories and sharing stories and whether that means I take a segment of a moment and elaborate that over 10 minutes or whether it's a an entire trip condensed into six minutes I just want to tell gotcha. stories as so I kind of want to I don't I don't really want to do tutorial stuff I don't really want to do uh, maybe a bit of education but that edutainment side is kind of what what, in, what excites me that idea of giving somebody something that's kind of entertainment but you learn something from it but not about cameras I don't want to teach people about cameras I wanted, I'd rather, right. you know, teach people about an area I'm at or things like that. Um, and that came apparent to me last, beginning of last year, started last year, yeah, when the, um, the BBC over here reached out and had been someone had watched my YouTube videos, believe it or not, at the BBC, and then they wanted to do a TV show. <laughs> 
So we sat down, we went oh, through wow. like, like, yeah, like legit, actual. I was like, what? Wow, Me? yeah. Hold on. That's amazing. Yeah, what like, am I? Am I the gaffer? BBC, no big yeah. deal, right? Am yeah. I the gaffer in this? And they're like, no, we want you to host yeah, it. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why? I'm not, I'm not even from here. Like, no, we just like your YouTube. So, so we came up with this really cool story and we've gone through like six, what six episodes would look like. We went through loads of different versions of like pitching it to different boards and we got to the very final bit and we lost out at the very last bit and it was it was tricky because it was like it was up against like a woman in business thing was like like young entrepreneurs and um and then one about like like heroin or something and like heroin crime or something in the city i was like mine was literally about heroin always wins yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and my whole my whole like thing was just about a guy going around the country taking photos and i was like i was never i was never getting picked there because the the problem with all that is they just they do tend to thrive on more like i don't know issues yeah so like i wasn't really gonna set up but it was i was just chuffed that they even took it seriously and they really yeah, were even cool. got that far is oh awesome. man it was yeah. so cool being in there and speaking to them all and i'd worked with the bbc before from a professional side as a as a designer so i knew a few okay. of them in there anyway from other bits so i got to meet people but actually going in and and sort of pitching ideas that was so but that was where it's like okay so they are registering the bit that i enjoy the telling stories are taking people on a little bit of a journey right so i was like that's so this year i've been like right every wednesday i want to upload a video i don't care if it's shot with b-roll or just me talking to camera i don't mind i don't care if it's if it's boring long short there's no i just want to get consistently uploading and telling a some sort of story um and right, i think right. it's the consistency well, yeah, and you got that, you know, kind of letter of approval from them. Now what you can do is take that, you know, six episode series and do it yourself. Yeah. And then maybe use that and, and sell it if you'd like to or just do it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. And we I had plans to actually be doing that this year, but a lot of that's been, you know, messed up now. Um, with some of those ideas that right. I wanna I wanna take around and part of it's here, part of it's in England and I had a bunch of videos planned over in Canada as well, but none of that's happening for the time being. So that was, yeah, that's kind of my strategy with it. I just want to do something that I feel at the end of it, I've left like, like a, something that's going to entertain you. That's going to just like help you escape or teach, teach you something about a, a thing, but nothing to do. I don't, I don't want it to be about photo and video. You know, that can be, a, right. that can be the reason, you know, the reason to go is to take photos and I want to share the photos at the end. But I just I don't really get super interested in the in the process too much, so I want right. to just show people the art. Joe, you know, you know, I just feel like the art is the magic behind. You know, when you see a movie and you go blown away, how did they do that? The last thing I yeah. I don't always need a tutorial. Sometimes I'm just happy to bask right. in the the magic for a moment and just go wow. So right, just kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I don't need a breakdown of everything of how everybody did everything all the time. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's that, I guess. That's my YouTube channel though. Well, I think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's consistency. Like I said, you're trying to do it every week now, the consistency. And also you're doing something that it, it, it matters something to you. And if you're, yeah. if you're trying to do something, uh, you know, talk about camera gear and stuff like that, because you think that's what people want to hear, it's never really going to work because you're just doing what other people, what you think other people want out of you instead of what you want to put out in the world. Totally. So, so I, I like that approach to it. So yeah, so I'd also like to ask about the podcast. So so like I said, you guys are doing it daily, which I'll tell you what, Drew and I, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of months and we managed to barely pull one together every two weeks. So how is it doing <laughs> one every single day? Oh, and not to mention Dylan and Ryan are doing video as well. Oh yeah, we don't even do video yeah. bars. So. Yeah, we're uh, uh- so Ryan and I are like just just good mates from from Instagram, and we've been friends for a few years now. And we had this cool idea. We both like we to talk every single day, and we started by doing Instagram voice messages, and it got very confusing. So we started taking like a you know walkie talkie style, and, and we would blab for like five stories, then go over, and then they would know right. It's my turn to story back. So we'd video back and things like that, and then we were like, this is this is ridiculous. Let's just phone. So we phoned each other and now we just talk almost every single day. One of us will be, I'll be in the studio shooting something or he'll be driving somewhere or we'll be editing. We'll just have the headphones on, just talking. And we thought, let's record this into a podcast because this will be hilarious. So it's been about a year and a half of procrastination about this, just like doubting ourselves, doubting the idea, overthinking it. And then when we got locked into this, this whole thing with Corona and simultaneously this partnership with Sennheiser came, we were like, dude, let's just let's just do the podcast now 
So we started the thing up and we were like, right, what, what do we want to like, what do we want to do with this podcast? And we're both kind of fans of radio and we like the conversation and chat and lightheartedness. So we wanted it to be lighthearted. We wanted it to, to be daily and we wanted it to be something that people could always tune into every day. And we we're like, right. But the one thing we wanted was we wanted to do it remotely because we are remote. He's in England and we wanted to right. feel like we're in the same room. So we're like, what do we need to do? to make it feel like it's in the same room. So we sat for like two hours one day on the phone and imagined we were next to each other and we set up our entire rooms and our filming area as if we were both sitting next to each other. And we were like, right, I'll move my monitor here. I'll put my camera here. I set up lights, he adjusted stuff. And we both shoot video um, and we record the audio separately in Audition. And then we both sync our own sides and then we combine the videos. So I do some bits, I'll do the titles, Ryan will do the edit and then I'll do the social That's media awesome. posts. And we're doing that every single day because we've got it set up in a way that we everything's there. So we just message each other and go, 15 minutes, walk up, I stick my headphones on, I hit record on everything, he phones me. And then we just blabber nonsense for half an hour. And we're trying to, we're trying to rein it in to be half an hour every day because that's a big <laughs> ask for people to listen to every day more than half an hour it is right yeah for sure so well i love it i've I've been listening to it man i think it's great and i love that you guys are honest and i love that you guys are kind of you know more random and just talking about daily things and you know some of the current issues that everyone's been going through and you know you track into video and and you talked about you know you guys opening up your mics from sennheiser and i miss ryan i miss you man i mean i haven't seen you guys since august so it's kind of like having you know hanging out with your friends a little bit in this kind of more isolated time yeah man well we have to get you on the we'll have to get you up on a podcast because it's quite funny we did one with donna the other day we got him because donna knows us we're like right the three of us have all hung around for an extended period of time so let's get him on and, and we just basically told him what we needed him to do. And he just set it up the bit, the bit, the message from him. I said to him, I need you to sit in the middle and I need you, whenever you talk to me, you need to look left. And whenever you talk to Ryan, <laughs> you, need to, you need to look right. And he was like, this is insane, but hilarious. So it's, <laughs> it's really, so it's so, so funny because you are just looking at a wall and then laughing. And then, but when you watch it back, right. people are like, it feels like you two are talking to each other. And we like pass stuff between the frames sometimes which is always like, awesome. so we've got some really ridiculous ideas planned for that, but it's been insane. We're into, th- we're into a week three tomorrow. Like, like this week is week. Yeah. Sorry. It's week four. It's week four. We're into. Oh, wow. So, so, so I actually watched that episode with, with Donna in it and it was really funny. And I noticed him looking uh, over at Ryan and then over at you. And I was just laughing hysterically because <laughs> I know he's probably, is he, he's from Canada, right? Yeah. 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 I'm like, he's over in Canada. You, you know, Ryan's over in, in England, in England yeah. and, and you're in Belfast. Yeah. And it's so funny. I, I think That's it's hilarious. I think it's funny, but I also think the creativity and the subject is just so much better uh, with that. So yeah. I think kind of adding in something like that to kind of hook people a little I bit. I love it. It's, yeah. it's, such a, it's a great idea. I think it's unique and, and again, authentic. So kudos to you, brother. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, I'm glad you enjoy it. It's a, it's a funny one because uh, it, it isn't really anything. And I don't know if you follow Tyler Babin on anything, but I heard him say this this quote. I don't know where he got it from, but he said it there, and I was like, "Oh my god, that that's it summarized," and it summarized the the podcast and what I do for my channel. And it was um be too complex to categorize, and I was like, "Oh man, that's gold. That is gold." Because we don't really want to do a podcast focused on anything in particular. We just want to record a conversation, and hopefully it entertains right. some people. So we didn't want it. And see the see the minute we talk about video or like work. We get a bunch of people go, didn't listen to that episode. It was too focused on video. And then we'll get other, if we do it not about video and it's just blabbering, we'll get other people going, didn't listen to that episode. I really just am interested in the video and, and photo chat. And I'm like, well, you know what, folks? We can't please you, you all. Can't, you can't appease everybody. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And, we're, and we're slowly learning that too. You know, we have some more serious episodes based around production and then we have episodes where we just talk to our friends like you and we we get to learn about someone different and i think there's an episode for everyone you know yeah, yeah it, it definitely has to be you have to talk about something that you're interested in again or else it's going to come through that you're you don't really care oh <laughs> yeah to- it totally doesn't about. yeah and you do i've listened yeah. to podcasts before like that and it and it can get a bit difficult but i really like jaws because you guys were getting the balance right of being honest and real and also giving actual practical information 
So I thought that was really good. And I quite like that because too often it, it can feel a bit presentary. And I think the fact that we, we like, like I was actually, you guys inspired us to pull our finger out of our holes and do ours. Because when you <laughs> did that, I was like, Ryan, Drew's doing a podcast now look and he's like oh another person did it oh god damn it oh should we should we compare it i'm like don't compare it just know that he's doing it so it was like um yeah and i think like when we saw that we were like we really just need to like you need to just do stuff and i as a person am a doer um and i've got a very small window of when i do and when i just give up so if an idea comes to me i'm like let's act now and if i don't act quite quickly i'll just give up and procrastinate um, and I think Ryan's kind of the other way around. He doesn't immediately act, but, but he will research and plan, but then he'll struggle to act on it later on. So his planning and, and structure and my spontaneity is kind of, is what works together quite well. Um, and I think that's kind of what brings his life. And, and you know yourself, when there's someone else waiting on you, you tend to do stuff a lot more because you know I'll let someone down if I don't do this. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's really funny you say that too, because that that kind of mirrors Drew and I a little bit. <laughs> Drew's very much uh, like gets an idea, let's do it, let's kind of dive head first, and I'm like, hold on, I need three months to like yeah. formulate a plan. Maybe yeah. <laughs> a short list and yeah. a script, exactly. right? Totally. But then like, but it, it drags me into the like into the the let's just do it world, and when it's not, that's not an easy thing for me to do, and so I've learned a lot just by and gotten to myself to a different place just just jumping in yeah. you know head first and figuring it out as we go and like that's that's been a, a very helpful thing for me yeah yeah i'm over here just shaking my head to all of it i started shaking my head dylan when you said uh <laughs> how you were and then how ryan was and i was like wow this is this is very familiar <laughs> yeah it sounds sounds very familiar it's amazing you, when you get you... that balance though isn't it and you're just like oh okay yeah well, it is I mean, like i did a video last year all about like it was a halloween video and long story short i needed a bit where a, a light turns on in a pumpkin's head and it stands up and I used a light 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 actually for that and turned the light on the pumpkin's awesome. face but I needed this bit where the pumpkin stood up and then I fell backwards and I was talking to Ryan and he was like right this is how you do it you need to build a green screen <laughs> and I was like dude I am not building <laughs> well, any green on. screen and he's like no 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 this will be the easiest way to do it and I was like tell you what here's my way and then when I did it he was like oh that actually worked I just got a broomstick and stuck it inside the the pumpkin's head and hung it over the table so when I needed to stand I just got someone to lift it up really quickly and then I just hard cut between that and the next clip and I was like does the job move on with our lives yep. smarter not harder yeah right? exactly yeah. I think I remember that film the the pumpkin man yeah. he's chasing yeah, you through yeah. the woods with a knife that was mad <laughs> yeah that's great sounds rad yeah, yeah, yeah it was really that. fun that's great <laughs> no I think that that's really cool man and you have to have that balance you know I think yeah. um as a team I think you tend to get things done quicker and and more efficiently when you have that balance on both sides so I think that that's really cool I agree who's someone Dylan completely kind of going off what we're talking about here my next question for you is what obstacles and challenges have you faced? But you kind of touched on some of those in that last conversation. Who do you look up to um, in this industry or, or not in this industry? Who are some people that, you know, maybe you watch every day or you try not to compare yourself to or you compare yourself to uh, whatever helps you out? Well, who are some of those people? Jeez, in the industry. Oh, that's a tough one, man. I go they don't, back. They don't have to be either. It's a tricky one because I've never I've kind of always looked at at other people like I've never really sort of looked at people within my area. I've always looked at other random stuff and I always find different people. I went through the whole stage of Gary Vaynerchuk early on and very quickly he was like, wow, I can't comprehend half of what's going on. That's way too much information. Um, I guess for me, as far as like in, in this industry goes, I've always liked what Casey Neistat does and I just like an element of how he goes about doing it. Um, but... Jeez, outside of that, I mean, I try I try not to watch too many people anymore. So I, I would get most right, of my, right. my influence, I guess, and my inspiration from things that are totally nothing to do with that. So like watching, like my mom, for example, is a, is a classroom assistant and a teacher, and she deals with kids all day, every day. And I could think of nothing worse. So I get more yeah. inspiration watching how people like that deal with what they do rather than what I do, because I, I need my ideas to come from a whole other world. So I watch a lot of skateboarding and I watch a lot of surfing. And it's when I watch people like that doing stuff right. that sort of inspires me, stepping away from everything, you know, like, and I think that's because I'm not a technique person. 
I'm I'm an right. ideas person up front. So my inspiration comes from me grabbing my surfboard or going for a bike ride or going like now it's going for a one wheel and you know it's things it's just getting out and, and doing other stuff so i i find that i actually find that quite a hard hard one to answer because i don't really think there's one key person that does stuff my dad has always inspired me from a creative point of view just in his mentality and his calmness in how he deals with situations um and like my wife is also very like that so i, I probably take more like inspiration from those people and those situations rather than any one person elsewhere. I find that to be a hard I yeah. want to answer. I, yeah, yeah, well, I, I get that though. Like, and I think there's, there's definitely something to that. Cause I mean, you, you, I've seen a lot of interviews with, you know, some of our you know greatest filmmakers and stuff like that. And the interviewer is like, Oh, you know, so what movies do you watch? And they're like, nah, I don't really watch movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, they, they worry that, you know, subconsciously some, that stuff they watch, that stuff they, they look at can kind of creep into their own work and they want to try and stay as original and true to themselves as they can. Yeah. So they don't want to like kind of muddy it up with other, other people's stuff, yeah. which, right. which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I tend to categorize who I look up to by, the effects I want them to have on me, right? So, right. so from like a business aspect, I love Bob Iger, previous CEO of Disney, uh, got out at the right time, did you know wonders for the company, just forfeited the rest of his remaining salary so they could keep other employees. I mean, he's just a genuine, amazing, hardworking guy. But I look up to him in like a business aspect, where I might look mm-hmm. up to someone else in a creative aspect. So, you said it was a hard one to answer, but you gave us like three or four different people. So I think maybe that's what you're doing, maybe in your own head is is kind of categorizing them right. into to different fields and they can influence you in different parts of your life. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you actually, do you know what? One thing is like really influenced me a lot and this is super, super cliche, but my kids, man, see the way, like they do my head in, but see the way, <laughs> see their naivety to things and their ability right. to question. It's, it's something I keep saying to them. I'm, I'm just like, never lose that. Like, and you can see it. And I'm like, oh my God, you can see how we all started like that. And then we become very cynical as time goes by. But they question stuff and their naivety allows them just to be so open-minded. And I love sometimes just, and one of the videos I'm working on is a, is a series of questions, like a sit down with them, basically a podcast with my kids, where you just sit down and ask them like loads of real mad questions and see what answers they come up with. Because I could sit and talk to them for half an hour and just be like, wow. Did not think about that. Yeah, we, I suppose we could we could do exactly that, um, and I think it's That's like right. cool. yeah, they don't have like this lifetime of experience to like pull from. They're just like kind of coming up with stuff. Yeah, and yeah. How their how their brains work. Yeah, and yeah. Lego is a good example. If you build Lego with them, because I'm like, where's the where's the instructions? What are we building? What's the goal? What do we need at the end of this? Like instructions. And they're like that. I've made a bat slash car slash hotel. I'm like, you can't have a hotel that's also a bat. And they're like, well, I can. It's bat hotel. I'm like, ah, oh, it's stupid. You know, so, so, what are you going to do with that? No one's going to invest in that. I'm out. So it's like. No one's going to stay in the bat hotel. Yeah. So that. Like, I want to try out the bat hotel. Uh, dude, the things they build is like the pictures they draw are insane. And it's those little things, you know, I think, I think I take inspiration from probably more day-to-day stuff. Um, and I think also being f- like fed the amount of stuff we do online, I can't differentiate even thinking like Instagram is probably one of my, my things that I will look at the most. And I would say like, you know, one, do you ever like follow a channel or a person and just go, I've been following them forever. Why do I follow them? And you're like, oh, that's right. Cause yep. I, ap- I just honestly just love what they do, even though they're, so there's two accounts that always jump to mind. My wife and I often do this and we chat about accounts we follow. And I, I follow this girl called Girl Scout and she's just like a designer and a, and a photographer. And she like, I just dig her because she makes her own clothing and her own products. And it's like all girl, like punk girl makeup stuff. But I was mesmerized by her because she did a live once where she just sat in her car and ate a sandwich for half an hour while her boyfriend was in the shop. And she just did a live. And I was like, what is she? This is before I'd ever done a live. I was like, what is she doing? And she just sat there eating the sandwich. She was like, and you could hear her like chewing the sandwich. And she was like, just chewing and talking and answering (laughs) questions. I was like, this is insanity. What's happening? And I sat there for half an hour watching her. Yeah. And I was like, why is she? What? What is she? And then people were like, what are you eating? And she's like, jam sandwich. And she was, or whatever the hell it was. And they were like, what kind of? And then she just started, but she had no purpose. And I just thought this is captivating and it was so honest. So I've always been inspired and just like influenced a lot by like watching her because it's so, it's so different from everything else. And in this other account, I'm um, called this wild idea. 
Um, and it's like one of my favorite Instagram accounts. And it's, it's just this guy who lives, where is it? Like it's somewhere like Colorado or somewhere like that in, in the States, but he travels a lot, but he's got this dog and it's a, not, a, not a beagle, a harrier. And he basically, every photo on his Instagram, this dog is in it. And I hate dog Wait, photo accounts. are you talking about the, is it uh, the dog uh, Momo? Could be. Could Pretty be. Chance? Yeah, he's, it's like so a, there's a... There's a guy, there's a photographer who has a dog named Momo, and his dog Momo is in every single one of his pictures, and even has an account that's just called Momo's Face. And oh, really? Momo's is looking at the camera oh, nice. every single time he takes it. If it's not the same guy, I'll, I'll send this over to you. Yeah, it's, dude. It's pretty cool. Because I'm not really yeah. like, I don't really like pet photography. Like that's normally a, like a red flag for me to unfollow is when people take too many photos of their pets. Right. But this guy is just like, totally. it's amazing. And if you go and check his page out, this wild idea, the dog will just, he'll be like, have a photograph out in the desert of his Jeep. And then you're always like, as soon as he posts, I'm like, where's the dog? And I'm just like, go looking for it. And they'll be like, it'll be hidden somewhere. It'll be like just peeking out of a window. Or it'll be sometimes it's just blatantly standing on the roof of the Jeep or it's like wearing a hat. And when you see it, you're like, oh, dude, it's just I love that because it's like this real simple, honest creativity. It's like guy, dog, what can we do with this situation? And he puts the dog somewhere. And I just like I always just love that. So, yeah, I I prefer that stuff because because what what's important is what the idea in the first place. And that always inspires me more than how things are done. Huh. Yeah, that's awesome. If you know, if it's not the same guy, it sounds a lot like him. So, I want if if it's a different dude, I definitely want to check that out too. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. I remember following one called um, a man and his dog, and okay. same thing. Dylan just didn't like uh, pet photography or don't follow pages of pets, even if I know the pets. But I loved seeing the story and the adventure, and I think that's kind of what we're we're after. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I I'm curious, Dylan. Like, this might be sound like kind of a loaded question, but like. Are you happy? Like, how are you feeling about like your current line of work? Like, what you're doing? Like, are you are you doing what you want to be doing? Do you feel like there's things you still want to be going after? Just kind of how are you feeling about it these days? Yeah, I'm. I say I'm really happy, and I, I feel like I went. I had ups and downs. Um, when I worked in the bike shop, I used to feel like there was no other option. Um, and I loved working in it, and I loved cycling. Um, so I, and I loved the people I worked with. And then I was like, oh, how could I ever leave? I, how would that even? I couldn't deal with that. That was so. And then I left, and I was like, no, oh, that actually wasn't that bad. And then when I worked in the agency, <laughs> right. I was like, that actually wasn't such a bad move. This is cool. And then I thought, oh my God, what if I panic here? What if I, and this is a, this is a real big thing for me, right? I used to always worry about my job, you know, and I was, I did pretty well. Right. I was just, just when you have a job, you're always worried about a job. You, for some reason, it's like you have it and you worry about it. Yeah. And it stressed well, it's me out. It's kind of like this, this, this uh, safety, this comfort blanket for you, right? Yeah, exactly. You're getting your paved check. It's coming in and, and over like, yeah. 10 12 years of working like we spent all the money we made and we didn't make a lot but we didn't you know we, it was enough to pay our bills and and live in a way that right. we were comfortable with and then like the company i was in was doing this restructure and they were like moving bits around and changing some bits up and they were going to close this office i was in in belfast and they were like right we they wanted to offer me a job in in the dublin office and it was going to be oh. a few days remote working and then some days working in dublin but i'd have to travel on the train and it was actually going to be like a it was actually going to be a step up from what i was doing um, because I was an art director there and it was a step up. So it's technically a promotion, right. but I had to move. And I had been thinking, this is in the stage where I'm doing Instagram and people have been asking me to do stuff and I always wanted to work for myself. And I just kind of got like two weeks before Christmas. I was like, do you know what? I'm all right, actually. I think I'll just, I think I'll just <laughs> crack on and just go do my own thing. And I said, I sat down and spoke to my yeah. wife and she's like my, she's like the level headed one. And I run everything by her right. because I'm so hot headed. I speak to her and she'll like, sometimes I'll speak to her, she'll give me her advice and I'll just blatantly disagree and be like, nope, but I need her to tell me what she thinks. So I know how strongly I believe in right. what I want to do. Um, so it, it's, right. I'll sit down and I sat down and I explained to her, like, I just think I want to do my own thing. And she said, go for it. I agree. So I did two weeks before oh, Christmas, awesome. handed in my notice. And I was like, and I had nothing planned. I was like, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. And they were like, why? And I was like, I just, I don't want to go through this whole process panicking for a few months about where how when will i will i go will i go to dublin what what, what will that do how what will the travel do i didn't and my dad said these these key words to me and this is kind of what helped me make the decision he said to me um because he'd worked in agencies and stuff before he said the good thing about working in an agency and working for somebody else is you never have to worry about where your work's coming from there's always somebody else sorting that out you just have to worry about how you get it done 
And he meant that in a Stanley agency, dude, they're looking after you there. But I took that as a, right. I have to rely on someone else to make sure that I have work coming in. And I was like, no, thanks. I'd rather right. rely on myself. Yeah. So I, I took that as more you as an have empowerment. That control, yeah. Totally. So like you see this whole situation totally. with coronavirus and the lockdown. I feel like I'd have been having a full on panic attack if I worked in it for a company because I'd be unsure about the future. But I know that the future is I have control. Like I control what I do. I decide if I want to work. Right. I decide yeah. if I don't. I decide how I pivot. I decide how I adapt. And I feel that's a way more empowering situation for me. Um, and that's what makes me happy. And that's why like doing what I do now, I feel like I thoroughly enjoy it. It fits in with my life. I'm happy. I enjoy what I'm doing. My, my wife can see that in my eyes and in what I do. And yeah, generally, I think that's that's why I am happy. Yeah. There's a level of creative freedom there that doesn't exist if you work within a like an agency, agency because yeah. I mean you're set to standards that you know you make the video how you want to make it now mm-hmm. or you create how you want to create rather than following maybe a guideline obviously recommendations and input is always encouraged on both ends but talk about creative freedom now Yeah 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 well like <laughs> Within reason as well, because I I also thought like, well, when I don't work when I don't work for a brand, I work for an agency, then people will respect my creative ability. And then I work for an agency, and I was like, oh, there's just different micromanagers here. And I was like, when I leave yeah. the agency and I work for myself, then people will respect. Like, ah, no, because now you're dealing with the people who pay the bills, <laughs> and they're gonna micromanage you. Right. So like, right, it's a question right. I get asked a lot by young um, guys coming in who want to start out in photo video, and they always say to me, how do you get work? And I'm like, well, there's the golden question right there, isn't it? Yeah, like that's, you, the, that's like, a big one. You could, doesn't matter how good you are taking photos or videos. It's not about how, it, that's not enough. You have to be able to sell yourself. And the ability to sell exactly. yourself Nailed it. is, that's it. That's the, and it doesn't matter what it is. So I'd, I'd read this quote, um, th- like this breakdown, right? And I live by this now. And it was like, you need three things to succeed um, in business. And I, I was reading it from a creative point. It was like, this, this, sorry, there are three things and you only need to be doing two of them. If you can do three, brilliant. But as long as you're hitting two of them, you're okay. And it's, you need to be good at what you do. You need to have good time management and your client needs to like you. And as long as you're doing yep. two of those three, you'll be okay. If your client likes you and you've got good time management, but your work's kind of meh, They'll probably deal with it because they know you're reliable and they and they like working with you. If your work's yeah. great and your time management is perfect and you're a bit of a dick, they'll be like, "I know he's a dick, but he's good <laughs> and he's reliable." All right? right. And then if you're if you're good at what you do and they really like you, or you're late, which is normally me, they go, "I know he's late, but we really like him and his work's good." And I was just yeah, like, yeah. I so that's like my checker for like making sure. I have to be hitting minimum two, but aspire to always be hitting three. And that all comes down to your ability, like your technical ability, your your mental ability to be like on time and, and be punctual, but then also your ability to be relatable, to sell yourself, to have the skills to talk to a client, to be able to explain an idea, to not take it too personally when they want to change stuff. And also to have the confidence to just go, no. Like I've done that with a few clients. Be like, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to strongly disagree and I'm going to say that we shouldn't do that and here's why. And most of the time people are like, okay. And that's where you go, oh shit, they went with it. Right, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's great advice, man. And we always try to leave our listeners with you know a piece of advice and I think you... I think yeah, you nailed just it. Check, yeah, I yeah. think you just checked <laughs> that off the old yeah, box there. <laughs> but I also think that three out of three is great. Two out of three will work, right? Yeah. And I didn't realize as a freelancer now for, I haven't worked in an agency in about three years. And uh, I realized as a freelancer, you know, how I started having to sell myself. And I didn't realize what I was doing until my wife said, you're people like you, you know, you're selling yourself. So yeah. you have to be part of the business. So I couldn't agree more with you. And I, and I love those three examples and those three things that you can do. Nice. Man. Yeah. So real quick, Dylan, and then we'll let you go. Um, what's next for your career? What's next for Dylan Osborne? Oh, I'd love to say Netflix. That's my pipe dream right there. <laughs> uh, uh, I've always said, wait, watching or creating. Oh, just sitting, just kicking back. You're just chilling. No, like yeah. I love the, I love the, the idea that that's an option. You know, that inspires me. The fact that you can do that. Like, I, I really want to I really want to push what I'm doing 
um, with, with YouTube and I have ideas as to what I want to do. And I'm really inspired by the concept of series on, on mm. YouTube. And I, I don't totally know what that series is, but I mean like conscious, conscious content, creating things for a reason on purpose. Right. Um, and that, that's kind of where I want to go with that. As far as professionally as a creative goes, um, I want to push my, my business to the point where it, my life is balanced better. My, I did. I never went to leave work for myself to make tons of money. I, I went there to gain back time, and that's more important to me. I would, I want to get to the point where I can make what I was making in an agency, um, hopefully a little bit more, but work three days a week. That's my goal. I like that goal. Yeah, yeah I, was say, I think we should all all take advice from that. But yeah. I, I love that you're the one that my said goal it. is to work less. Yeah, work less and get paid more. Yeah. That's simple, isn't it? Who knows right. how to do that? Yeah, but like I, yeah. I, I believe I didn't believe I could do it when I left. When I first left, I was like, I'll never make my salary. And now I'm like, this is I can do this because I'm in control huh. of it. So it's up to me, and I don't have to rely on other people. If if a client if a job falls through or someone doesn't want to do a job, fine. I can just go to someone else. But you have to have the balls to literally knock on someone's door and go, "Hi, I'm Dylan. Let me introduce myself." I hope people listen to this and actually take that advice because we we couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's you, hard. you nailed it. And like and like that's the, that's kind of the boat I'm in. I'm you know we've talked about this a little bit. I'm I'm kind of a company man. I've always had had a, a job working for somebody. Yeah. And it's kind of out of my comfort zone to to think that way. Yeah. And so like that's I mean that's the kind of thing I need to hear for one thing. Yeah, absolutely. I tell him all the time. I said <laughs> give it two or three years and we'll have our own studio and you'll be doing all the editing for Forty Three Productions and right. that's kind of the goal and. He just kind of nods his head, but I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad that you told him. I know because I was He's like, the same. yeah, dude, whatever. I felt like that for years, and I, I never thought I could yeah. feel another way until I did, and I was like, all oh, right, there's an there's another option here. I think it takes that one thing just to kind of fuel you, and yeah. once you get it going, and the momentum carries. You know, maybe it might be in a holding pattern currently, but it should just keep flowing. Yeah, and it's not going to be indefinite. Like it'll come back. Yeah, but I think as as time goes on, you get better and better at selling yourself, and you know, knowing what you're really good at, and knowing what you're maybe bad at. And I've learned in the last two years, or the last year even, uh, some things that I am just terrible at. So um, it's always a learning experience. Oh, yeah. Totally, man. Totally. Love it, dude. Well, hey, I appreciate you calling in. And um, you're awesome, man. I miss you, dude. This made oh, me yeah. want to just hang out. I know. I, I've got it. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to find a way to come over to... to I said to my wife, yeah, I was like, we'll have to go over to Salt Lake City. And she was like, Utah? And I was like, well, what? maybe we can find a middle ground. <laughs> Yeah, we'll find somewhere else we can all meet up. Yeah. Well, you can tell her that you know you can visit the canyons and all the parks once all this stuff boils over, and then you can also check out Space Station Gaming, which is oh, Sean yeah, Holiday Sean. and yeah. Trav McBride and Sean Duras and all of those guys. Yeah, um, right enough. So I think there's there's more than one reason to come to, to Utah. Is <laughs> yeah. my point. There you go. Get that on the tourism campaign right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just like Game of Thrones, Hogs Belfast tourism yeah, board. Just that's it? what we'll do. Milk that. Well, well, yeah. Exactly. It's something that's famous that didn't sink from Belfast, so they're gonna milk it for all. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Dylan, it's been an honor talking to you, man. I miss you, and I hope I get, we get to hang out soon. And hopefully, I'll get to see you at Power of Video 2020. Yeah, I hope so, dude. Yeah, thank you both for having me on, guys. This has been this has been a good laugh. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. I appreciate it. It's nice to meet you. I hope I get to uh, meet you face-to-face someday. You too, man. You too. All the best, guys. Thank you. All right, man. Take, take care, care brother. Be Bye. safe. I love that guy. Yeah, he seems pretty rad. I, I absolutely love that guy. I think he's just genuine, and him and I hit it off instantly when I saw him out there. Uh, he was one of the first guys I met at the airport, and we just hit it off, and he's awesome. Yeah, seems like a good dude. I like his methodology for things where yeah. he's he's doing what he wants to do. He's not doing what what he thinks other people expect of him. Right. And I think that's that that definitely for me uh sets him apart. And so like I, I kinda dig what he's all about. And he's just fun to listen to yeah. talk to. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> we we would go to pubs and, and hang out and talk for hours, but I never got that deep into what he does right. and things. So I think this was really helpful on getting to know him and obviously him giving advice. Yeah. We were talking about very like ground level things and what was on our plate uh, when we were 
you know, at the event. So it was so cool to to just be able to listen to him and get his advice. And I learned quite a bit from that, actually. Yeah, I did too. So (laughs) awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that this worked out. Yeah, me too. That was fun. So that is the Take 43 podcast, episode seven with Dylan Osborne. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, take it easy. See ya. Be safe. (laughs) 